Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen Spooky movie season is over. It's time for martial arts Thanksgiving. <laughs> what if we did that, Mike? What if we did like a guest makes Mike kick and it's just like four weeks of martial arts movies uh, for the Thanksgiving season? I I mean, that sounds pretty great, honestly. That sounds pretty good. Uh, I mean, we're kind of already doing that with the Michelle Yeoh podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, still an idea. Uh, it's Mike and Mike going to the movies. I'm Mike Smith. Joining me as always is the belated birthday boy. Mike Tecrecia. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for for letting me do my birthday bylaw a month later. Yes. Um, but yeah, we had you put that on pause for spooky season. Mike, we guess makes Mike scream, uh, which we just wrapped up. But yeah, here, here we are. Yeah, so huge thanks to everybody who uh, was a guest on Guest Makes My Scream. Uh, we had a lot of fun watching those scary movies. Um, but Mike's birthday is at the beginning of October, so we had to do the same thing last year, too, where we did that month, and then it was like, I guess it's November now, but Mike needs to do his birthday bylaw. It's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws, yeah. And so last couple of years, uh, this is the third time you've had a birthday bylaw uh, since we've started doing this. Yes, that's right. The first time was Twister and Speed, the double feature, uh, which yeah. was a great time. Uh, you know, Twister, of course, one of Mike D's babysitter movies, uh, and Speed, just we were like, well, it's time for some debauchery. Exactly. Got <laughs> to throw that in there. Uh, then last year, your birthday bylaw was Scream 3. <laughs> Scream Three, yeah. I looked yes. at. Uh, I was recently looking through my discoveries uh, or my lists that I have on Letterboxd and my like discoveries from 2021. And I have Scream Three in there, and I was like, "What am I? What was I thinking? What? What is my? <laughs> what is my life?" I mean, Scream Three was a fun time. It was good. It was fun. You know, yeah. I mean, at the time, you were like, "It's the best one." Like yes. outside of the first Scream, you're like, "It's the best Scream sequel." And uh, you know, I, I think there are people who would agree with you on that one. I, I'm not one. There's of them, dozens but, of us, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so Scream Three was last year, and this year uh, you actually chose two movies again, uh, like the first year, a double feature of sorts. That uh, I guess the reason you chose this one is because we both had purchased this Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, right? Yes. Yeah. We uh, they put out a little box set. Uh, of these movies and I knew we both had them and I was like yeah fuck it why not let's just pick both of them at least the first one if we both have time let's watch the second one too and we did yes we both ended up watching the second one so today uh, Mike D's birthday bylaw is going to be martial law followed by martial law 2 undercover and uh, I have a feeling this could be our shortest episode yet yes (laughs) definitely possible Uh, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, I also want to address the fact that I'm a little bit hungover while we're recording this podcast. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can hear that in my voice at all uh, or whatever. So I apologize if this podcast isn't up to the usual, you know, the usual stuff, the the usual, I, I, I'm, I can't think of a word. (laughs) That's how good it's going to be. Look, it's, it's Sunday morning. You have to work later. You're hungover. This will be 20 minutes in and out. (laughs) Try to make this the quickest podcast possible. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we're going to get into Martial Law and Martial Law 2 Undercover in just a minute. First, got to tell you that all the theme songs that you're going to hear this episode were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach your own theme songs at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V, whose art you can find at Fearless Guard on Twitter. And if you ever want to contact us and respond to something we did in the show, uh, you can tweet at us over at Mike and Mike Pod. And now let's get into it Martial Law and Martial Law 2 for Mike D's birthday. 
Then why the hell did you run? Who's gonna believe me? You don't. No matter what I do, he just keeps screwing up. So Thompson, you know this kid? I let you work for me because I liked what I saw in the dojo. You learn fast. Okay, so I ain't Mr. Pretty like my brother. The super cop. Don't make me a car thief. Thompson, I want you to take this case. Don't keep me in the dark. I'm an American now, man. I don't have nothing to do with Paul You're telling me this guy came over here from Hong Kong to be killed by monks from China? He says that he's going to kill over 50 men. Go ahead, martial law. Hit me. Wait, come on, man. Wait a minute. Wait. Seriously, man, I got some information. I'm telling you. Bastard says he saw you down at City Hall taking money from a cop. There's a 487 in progress. What you guys call grand theft. I don't, right? Who is this? You just might take a personal interest in this. What the hell is wrong with you, Michael? She's been like a stranger to me. Now the cop? His brother. We'll find out really not a hard person to please. All right, that was from the trailer for either Martial Law or Martial Law 2, whichever one Kyle chose to put in <laughs> put in there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so these are two movies uh, that Vinegar Syndrome put out in a really nice Blu-ray set. Like, uh, you know, this was kind of like a big like selling point for them. A couple, like it was maybe like a year ago they put this out, right? Yeah, within the last year. I don't remember exactly when it came out and it's one of the, uh, what do they call it? Vinegar Syndrome archive lines, which is like the, the like a sp- little more niche, a little more specialty, like a little more sure. high, qual- high quality boxes and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, but it's one that a lot of people seem very excited about when it was coming out. Yeah. Uh, both these movies uh, feature Cynthia Rothrock, which is kind of the big thing. Cynthia Rothrock, who uh, we're big fans of through Yes, Madam, uh, which of course she's in with Michelle Yo, we're big fans of that movie. She's incredible in it. Uh, and these are two direct-to-video movies that came out in the early '90s, I believe, 1991. They both came out at the same year. Wow. Uh, yeah, and uh, which is kind of interesting because the main character changes in like the it's the same main character, but the actor changes in between movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that was less of a worry before the MCU, though, you know? Well, yes, yes, that's true. But it's just weird that, like, they came out these two movies back-to-back same year, and they didn't, like, hang on to the same actor for both movies. <laughs> he, had, he had places to be, I guess. He, he got other stuff to do. So the first movie, Martial Law, is directed by Steve Cohen, uh, features Chad McQueen in the lead role, uh, the son of Steve McQueen. Wow. Uh, which is pretty wild. And he's also from The Karate Kid. He's one of, like, I think he's one of the Cobra Kai guys or whatever. That's right, Dutch. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Chad. Chad McQueen is the main character, Cynthia Rothrock's in here, and David Carradine is the villain, which is like, oh, holy shit, David Carradine's in this. That's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, and then Martial Law 2, Undercover, is directed by Kerry Anderson and stars Jeff Winka in the lead role, uh, who I was looking through his filmography and all of his title, all of his movie titles are things like Surrender to Kicks or like, <laughs> you know, Never Fear Action or something. Like they're Kick all the puncher too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're all like variations of that kind of title. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff Wincott's the lead role. Cynthia Rothrock comes back in the second one. Uh, Paul Johansson, I believe, is the villain. And then uh, Billy Drago is also in this uh, from The Untouchables, which we talked yeah. about a little bit ago. The guy from the Briscoe County Adventures, whatever that Bruce Campbell show is called. I can't remember for some reason. <laughs> exactly. Adventures of Briscoe County. There we go. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Mike D, this was your birthday movie. This is like the thing that you were like, we got to watch this for my birthday. I'm throwing the gauntlet down. Do you feel like Martial Law lived up to either one of the movies, Martial Law or Martial Law 2, do you feel that they lived up to whatever you had kind of placed in your head? 
No. Uh, so I think the way you phrase that is like, this has got to be the one we're throwing the gauntlet. That's too strong for these movies. Um, <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what the birthday bylaw is all about, Mike. It's, that's it's like, true. Yeah. You got to be that. And usually in the past, it's been like a movie that like we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like for Twister and Speed and with Scream 3, you're like, this is a movie I really like. And we got to watch this for my birthday. That's sort of what the birthday bylaw was. You took a chance on these ones with two yes. movies that neither of us had seen. Yes, correct. And I figured we're so we're so deep uh, into the machine. Michelle Yeoh, uh, season on the complete works. We're, we're in the martial arts world. Cynthia Rothrock, co-star. Like, this has got to be like that, right? And we've both got this these beautiful Blu-ray editions. Let's watch them. Come on. Right. Um, and, you know, this feels like one of those nostalgia things for people to be like, oh, shit, martial laws on Blu-ray. And it's like, if you watch this now for the first time, they're not really that great. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate, particularly the first one, martial law. There's something about it that feels I think I think maybe we're just so spoiled from the Michelle Yeoh movies that we've been watching. Sure, yeah. Um watching Martial Law just feels so like hollow and slow. Um in particular like literally just down to the speed of the fight scenes. You're like, "Okay, what are we standing here? Like it's very it feels like two guys going step by step through choreography but like one step at a time where yeah. you're like now we're standing here and now it's your punch. Okay, I block that. Now I kick and you block that. And <laughs> when you watch that compare that to the uh Michelle Yeoh movies with like the Hong Kong stuff we've been watching, uh that shit's at lightning speed. Um so this that martial law 1 in particular felt kind of hollow in that regard. Like it doesn't even do the the simple trick of like put some dust on their arms or whatever. So like when they're chalk so like when they punch and block shit it, you feel impacts uh, right. it feels very empty for the fight scenes in the first one which is unfortunate because like I think it, it has potential to be really cool it's just maybe, like you know whenever Cynthia Rothrock is in a fight you're like hell yeah this is dope but like everybody else I guess except for David Carradine but he's kind of old by this point a little bit so even his fight sure. scenes are sort of like that um, yeah and David Carradine's more just there to be like the scenery chewing villain and yeah. uh, does a pretty good job of that he's a lot of fun to watch I think in the, in the first movie especially that big fight with the cop guy or whatever they call him um like the super tall giant henchman beefy right dude. um you're like hell yeah so that was fun but yeah overall it's just not that great you know <laughs> just <Yeah>. tragic <laughs> yeah i mean i think cynthia rothrock's pretty good in, in both movies um yeah and she gets a lot more to do in the second one so i think for that reason the second one is a little bit better than the first one also mm -hmm. i think it's a huge upgrade going from chad mcqueen to jeff wincott i think jeff wincott's a better protagonist in the second movie than that yeah. chad mcqueen is in the first one uh where i think the first one chad mcqueen is kind of dull but yeah they're both just kind of slow kind of like okay there's some decent fights in here every once in a while like there are a couple of moments where i was like okay i can get in on this actually the opening scene of martial law the first one i yeah. was like okay here we go this is gonna be fun and it's like it's Chad McQueen pretending to be like a pizza delivery guy for Domino's uh, to like stop a bank uh, like hostage situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and he goes in and like the, the robber's like, oh, hey, you got the pizza. And he's like, oh, you know, I got it in 30 minutes or less. He's like expecting a tip. And it's like, oh, well, I'll give you a tip. And then Chad McQueen just like starts beating people up. And I was like, all right, I'm into this. Like, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that was pretty fun. Uh, and then the movie just kind of continues from there. And it's like, well, okay, this isn't as fun anymore. Yeah, I don't uh, really care about this brother character. You know? <laughs> yeah, the first one's really about his brother, I guess, right? And like his yeah. brother who gets, you know, in with the in with the crime drug lords or whatever, like you know, in with David Carradine and Chad McQueen has to stop him and all that stuff. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's, yeah. You, you kind of watch them and you're like, I see why this was a direct-to-DVD situation <laughs> back mm -hmm. in the 90s. The, the one cool thing 
like or not cool interesting thing about the plot of martial law one is that it really just hinges on the fact that david carradine can do like the five finger death punch thing um yes and just blow people's hearts up inside their chests and uh it's just like sort of a, like a forensic detective story about them trying to find out who's killing people this way right which is kind of neat that's sort of interesting uh it's just is so long but really it's only 90 minutes but it's, it feels yeah. so long <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. So there are like isolated moments where I was like, this could be kind of fun, like the pizza thing. I think the ending of Martial Law 2 is like shockingly bleak uh, in a way that I was like, I'm going to bump this up an extra half star just for like how insane the ending is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like you said, in Martial Law 2, so actually my thoughts on in Martial Law 1 with uh, Chad McQueen was just like, this is just like not Wings Hauser is sort of how I was thinking. Like he sort of looks like Wings Hauser and like I feel like he's sort of trying to do that kind of like unhinged thing a little bit i don't know but yeah. anyway yeah uh the the new protagonist in in two in martial law two is is way more interesting and i think a better actor and then also a fighter so that's pretty good for a martial arts kind of movie yeah but yeah yeah the ending of of martial arts or martial arts martial law two is like holy shit i can't believe we're doing this and it sort of fits in the like tradition of we've been talking a lot on the michelle yo podcast where it's like the story of this movie is over hard cut to credits um yep. and <laughs> that's it's a very dark version of that but they do it in martial law too yeah which martial law too they are like kind of fighting like jeff wincott and cindy rothrock have like fought through all the people they need to fight through whatever and then uh, i think is it billy drago that uh, yes okay yeah so billy drago plays captain Krantz, who is like the captain of the police force but is also like secretly the bad guy in the movie right uh, and so you know they realize like oh it's Kranz, and they like go to find him and they're like right outside his house it's like Kranz, we're coming for you and inside you see billy drago as Kranz like lift a gun to his head and shoot and then it cuts to credits <laughs> yeah just a hard cuts to credits um wild we don't need to know anything about the fallout of that nope. <laughs> nothing this story is over hard cut to credits and yeah real powerful yeah it, it's it almost feels like they didn't have the budget to yeah. do a final fight scenes so they're like we just got to do this real quick <laughs> end the movie <laughs> yeah drago billy drago would not be able to put up in a fight like with the two of them so just he kills himself and <laughs> cuts <to> credits <laughs> Um, yeah, martial law, martial law too. I don't know. Any other isolated scenes in these movies you want to talk about, Mike? Um, let's see. What, what's, what do we got? There's gotta be something to discuss in these, in the martial law series. I was kind of shocked at, uh, like all of a sudden in that big final, excuse me, that big final, you know, warehouse brawl as all good martial arts movies should end in, uh, where they're just like blowing dudes heads off with shotguns out of nowhere all of a sudden in martial law two. And that was pretty wild. And yeah, and then that, that whole big, that whole big, uh, warehouse fight is fun. And I did like the big ending, like shootout stuff going on in Martial Law One, on like the air, the airplane tarmac, and all that stuff with like the sure. big double cross on the the gun gun arms deal. There we go. That's the word. Arms deals and all that stuff. And it is pretty funny too that these movies both kind of take a page out of the Hong Kong playbook a little bit. Was just like, what if the most convoluted plot? Because <laughs> <laughs> all these movies that we've been watching for complete works are just like barely uh, like legible. What's yes. going on with the plots? Uh, and this is these movies aren't quite that level, but they are pretty complicated. They do get weirdly complicated. Yes, I also wanted to mention actually that uh, the uh, the actor who plays Wu Han in the first movie yes, is, uh, yes. is Philip Tan, and I was like. I- that name sounds familiar. I'm trying to like place where that was. And I, I was, he, he must've been in like a Michelle Yeoh movie or something. So I'm like going back through. Uh, and it turns out he was actually in surf ninjas. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> Who is he in surf ninjas? I forgot. Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to look that okay. up again. 
but yeah, I had the same thing where I was like, this dude seems weirdly familiar. What is it? I, and then I, uh, I found his Twitter page and I was like, it gets, it's, I think it's surf ninja, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is amazing. Absolutely. I'm looking up surf ninjas now and seeing, and seeing who's in it. I think, uh, I was looking ahead and there's, I think there's a Michelle Yeoh movie that features one of the guys from surf ninjas in it. Like was not it- one. Ernie no, Ernie Reyes, I think Ernie Reyes Sr. is who's in the Michelle Yeoh movie, but uh, and I forget which movie it is. So it could I could be making it up. It's definitely a thing that like <laughs> oh Philip Tan plays a uh, Captain Ming in Surf Ninjas. Okay, he must be one of the henchmen. I don't really remember. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vin, tell us, uh, call in uh, next episode and tell us who Philip who Captain <laughs> Ming is in Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yes, Vin has an encyclopedic knowledge of Surf Ninjas. He should be able to. Uh, Respond yes. back on this. Uh, but he was really good in martial law, martial law one. Yeah, he was fun. Ten. He was he was pretty fun. Yeah, I think I think everybody is having a pretty fun time, except for Chad McQueen, who's kind of dull in the first movie. Yeah, uh, and then once you get Jeff Wincott in the second one, it's like okay, yeah, he's he's much better. He's like, and the fights feel more brutal, I guess, in the second one. Yeah. They feel like, like he seems like he's like more capable of martial arts fighting than Chad McQueen is. Yeah, definitely. There's something I don't, and uh, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's the editing is better or he, they're better fighters, it, it, like better stuntmen or whatever in martial law too. But they're they feel a lot more exciting and and like you can feel some of the hits and stuff like that. Whereas the first one, like I said, is two dudes step by step going through choreography most of the time. And in this one, the in martial law two, that they're fun to watch. So that's neat. <laughs> that's an yeah. upgrade in your martial arts movie. <laughs> Yeah, plus you've got more Cindy there, Rothrock, like I said, and uh, yeah, yeah that, the martial law too, like really like involves her a lot more um, because the plot is that she is going undercover in this like prostitution ring that's happening, right? Like mm-hmm. un- under Paul Johansson and Billy Drago, uh, and so she gets involved in a lot more fights. And so whenever she's on screen, everybody's happy. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I feel like anytime she's not on screen, people should be asking, "Where's Cynthia Rothrock?" You know, where is Cynthia Rothrock? <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do like the fun conceit that the main character's name, who I can't remember, is nicknamed. Martial Law, but like his name is like Joseph or some shit. Like it's not Marshall. Like it doesn't make any sense why they would call him that. But I love how both movies start with like this kind of undercover moment, like with the pizza delivery thing. And it's like, ha, another one in the bag for Martial Law. And then yes. he never does anything like that again for the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really wish his name actually just was Martial Law. Like that just was his name. It should be uh, because I, I remember there was a, a years ago. Me and my roommate used to do a thing uh, where Brick, the movie Brick Mansions, was coming out. Um, <laughs> yes, and Paul Walker starred in it. And every time we were like, "What if his name was just Brick Mansions?" <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker is Brick Mansions. <laughs> Another day for Brick Mansions. I don't even remember what that movie was about. I, I believe it was the American remake of uh, District B-13, uh, oh, the French yes. movie, right? The parkour uh, movie, yeah. Yes, yeah. And so Paul Walker was the star of it. And yeah, but for some reason they renamed it Brick Mansions. I don't know why. I, I don't, <laughs> I've never seen Brick Mansions, to be clear. I have no, I, we, no, I'm going to put that had, on the make my watch list. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure no one has ever seen Brick Mansions, right? Like that's not a movie that anyone has ever actually watched. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Um so yeah, but Paul Walker is Brick Mansions and Chad McQueen is Martial Law and that I think wraps up our discussion on Martial <laughs> Law and Martial Law 2 Undercover. <laughs> Basically, it's unfortunate that uh, I mean, it's such an interesting move 
from like a vinegar syndrome point of view. Did we get hoodwinked? Did we all get tricked into thinking these are good movies? <laughs> I, I sometimes feel that way with a lot of vinegar syndrome. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you, you're you're a big uh, you're much more into the vinegar syndrome stuff than I am, and I have a few vinegar syndromes, and I I do enjoy some of the stuff they put out. But you you went like deep on them for a while, right? Like you were buying like every time they had a sale, you were like, I'm buying five or six Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> And now I realize that that's nothing. Why am I doing? Why have I been doing that? <laughs> um, I think their 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 Blu-rays are great, like quality-wise and everything. Sometimes the movies are like you know the real hidden gem kind of thing where you're like, oh my god, right? Um, but but maybe more often than not, they're just kind of like, huh, this is interesting that this exists. You know? Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of them are like you know interesting curios, I think, and that's yeah. part part of the appeal. Uh, and I, I have a few that. Uh, I really enjoy. Like I had the Hell Comes to Frogtown uh, Blu-ray, which is great. Yeah. I have their Tammy and the T-Rex, which is great. You you maybe buy pigs, and I own pigs now. <laughs> pigs. <laughs> a very early uh, Mike makes Mike watch uh, yes. pigs, I believe. Uh, Daddy's Deadly Darlings, as it's also known. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch of their Blu-rays, but uh, and I still have a lot that I have yet to watch. Uh, that I'm like, oh man, I'll, I'll get gonna get around to this one soon. I think I watched Night Beast semi recently, and I was like, oh, this, this is all right. This okay. is fun. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun for the J.J. Abrams connection. That is pretty wild. That is pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know. Martial Law, Martial Law 2. Uh, you know, before before we wrap up the podcast, Mike, you know, since since we're here, since, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we don't really have like an episode planned for this. And since we obviously have some extra time to fill on this podcast. Oh, no. Why don't we talk Halloween ends? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Wait, <laughs> just... bef- before we pivot to that, I do want to yeah. note this might have actually no, I've I watched New York Ninja, which have did you do you have that? From I have I, New York Ninja is a lot of fun. I don't own that Blu-ray, but I have seen the movie. OK, well, because I was going to say I was realizing right now this may be the first time I've ever heard Cynthia Rothrock's voice because I've only ever watched Yes, Madam, where it's clearly dubbed. And right. It's not her, uh, but she is one of the voices in New York Ninja. Well, there you go. Yes. Um, but yeah, for, it's a weird thing that when we've only been watching the Hong Kong movies and and there's such a weird moment too in Martial Law One where sorry, I, we'll pivot, we'll get to Halloween ends in a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but where um, Martial Law is talking about like why he recognizes this tattoo that guy ha- dead guy has or something and he's like I went to Hong Kong and learned the ropes and like he's like he's talking about <laughs> stuff Cynthia Rothrock did in real life but he's right. to, his character has it and it was such a weird thing to be like Cynthia Rothrock's in maybe 20 minutes of this movie and you stole her real life story and gave it to this guy <laughs> like, that that actually reminds me of something too uh which was the Ernie Reyes Jr con- or the Ernie Reyes Sr connection that I was talking about before it was not a Michelle Yeoh movie um but I found this out which kind of like looking up Cynthia Rothrock stuff that, uh, you know, when she went to audition for Yes, Madam, she was like the only woman that was like able to audition and they were Mm -hmm. like, they had written the part for a man and stuff. But, but like in her like kickboxing, fighting martial arts team that she was in, um, it was led by Ernie Reyes Sr. What? Ernie Reyes, Ernie Reyes, it was like his team of martial artists that she was with. (laughs) Like in um, real, like before she became a movie, person? like like as she was like transitioning into movie person, like as wow. as yeah, it was like Ernie Reyes Senior's team that like got to audition for Yes, Madam, and Cynthia Rothrock was the one that got picked. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> There's so, yeah. 20 people in the Hong Kong film industry, apparently. There really is. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, kind of a cool fun fact uh, about Cynthia Rothrock slash Ernie Reyes Sr. Uh, and a weird connection between our two podcasts with uh, Yes, Madam and Surf Ninjas. So there you go. There it is. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, why, why don't we throw out, like, let's do, do a brief Halloween ends discussion, Mike, while we're here. Yes. Uh, full spoilers for Halloween ends, by the way. I feel like that's just to kind of throw that out there. Yes. <laughs> um, because I, you know, I, I, I feel like this is something that we should talk about on the podcast partially because you really disliked this movie yeah yeah and uh i had a pretty good time with it so (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, Halloween Ends, of course, is the new Halloween movie. Uh, it is in theaters and on Peacock right now, directed by David Gordon Green. It is ostensibly the final Halloween movie until they make another one. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, this kind of concludes the David Gordon Green trilogy of Halloween movies, too. I mean, there was the 2018 one. There was Halloween Kills last year. Now we have Halloween Ends. Uh, you were not a fan of Halloween Kills. No. I was. <laughs> you did like the 2018 one when it came out. You were a fan of I really of that like that, yeah. yeah. And, you're, and you're still a fan of that one. Yes, yeah, definitely. Nice, okay. So you're a fan of the 2018 one. You did not like Kills, and you did not like Ends. Uh, so, Mike, give us your thoughts on Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends. How do I, how, how do, how, Mike? Um, no. So, <laughs> it's just not that interesting. It's not that fun. It's not that scary it's not the story that i thought it was going to be because like i feel deliberately lied to about everything about the final showdown between laurie strode and michael myers and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and uh that's the last 10 minutes of the movie we spend the whole other part of the movie uh following Corey something what's his i don't know yeah Corey. Corey, everyone's favorite new character Corey cunningham Corey cunningham Corey and laurie because we're very creative and (laughs) it, it we follow him and Lori's granddaughter, who uh, I don't remember her last name or her uh, name, Allison. Allison. There we go. Yeah, and she's great. Allison's great, and that actress is great. Uh, but just man, this movie feels real weird and not good, and like they didn't know what they were gonna do because like kills obviously picks up. It's the the same night, just like Halloween right. two is the same night of Halloween one. Uh, in the original, and it feels like it's going to end on that, or or at the end of Halloween Kills, you're like, okay, we're going to continue this very specific story, and ends is like, what if four years later and none of that matters anymore? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't feel like anything that I wanted to see, which I guess is fine. You know, sometimes you make a big swing, and we we generally appreciate that here. So like, I'm not going to say this wasn't worth it or any of that stuff. I just am not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> in what Halloween Ends has to sell. So, you know, I stole it for free and watched it, and I feel good about that, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say, I mean, like I said, I was a fan of Kills, and I like the 2018 one. Uh, the 2018 one, probably still the best of these three movies, but Halloween Kills, I, I thought was like, you know, pretty fun. It's like, it's really, it's just Michael Myers killing people for 90 minutes, and like, I don't know what else you want out of a Halloween movie. That's pretty I, good. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I remember <laughs> the specific moment at the beginning of Halloween Kills when uh, the firefighters show up to the like house on fire that they trapped him in at the end at the end of the first at the right. end of 2018 and he like squares up with like an axe against like 10 firemen and i was like this is the dumbest shit i don't want wwe michael myers like what is this crap uh, See, I, I was more like go off king like uh, yeah you know, that's like- <laughs> that's fair i don't know yeah just different reactions to the same thing, you know? But anyway, what, what else did you like about Halloween Kills and then also End? Yeah, so with Kills, I mean, you know, that that's a movie that really, like, packs in a lot of Michael Myers, right? There's a lot of Michael Myers in that movie, and there's a lot of Michael Myers killing people. Like, he literally kills, like, I think, like, 50 people in that movie or something. Yeah, like, there's a lot. a lot of deaths in that movie. Pretty fun. I don't think Kills or Ends are particularly scary uh, by mm-hmm. any means. Uh, and, you know, honestly, with, with a Halloween movie, maybe you want a little bit more of that. I don't really feel like that's totally necessary. It kind of is, but like, you know, I, I can, mm-hmm. you know, I, as long as I'm having a good time, you know, whatever. And I feel like, I, I feel like reading people 
like talk about these movies online and stuff. I feel like I take the series a lot less seriously than a lot of people do. I, yes, yes. And so, you know, there, there are people who are like, you know, really, they were really mad about kills. Now they're really mad about ends and Halloween ends, like as being called like the worst of the franchise, like they're ranking at the bottom of their list. And it's like, I don't know, have you seen some of these other Halloween movies? <laughs> like, this, like these are at least pretty well made and like have a lot of Michael Myers killing people and kills. And I think with ends, I, I don't know, I feel like it's, so, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting movie, I think, because because it's it takes place in that post Michael Myers world, and it was not the plan originally, from what I understand. I believe what they were, were originally going to do uh, was, you know, they were filming Kills and Ends back to back, and it was all supposed to be the same night. Ends was was supposed to pick up right where uh. Kills left off. That was the plan, and then I believe filming had to stop because of COVID. Mm. Uh, you know, when COVID hit, and so like they had just finished uh, filming Kills, they were about to start shooting Ends. They had to stop for like a year, and then that in that time, they kind of like rethought what Ends was going to be or whatever throughout whatever script they were going to do and like kind of rewrote the entire movie and instead it had to take place four years later and like you said it kind of like skips a lot of like oh what like are we going to react to Judy Greer dying at the end of the at the end yeah. of kills or whatever and uh, I think this one like obviously it's it that's still part of it like it's still like they're still trying to move past that and they're still trying to like you know deal with their trauma and all that kind of stuff but this movie spends a lot of time with this new character Corey everyone's favorite yes. uh, and I think uh, it's doing something kind of interesting where it sort of takes place in a post Michael Myers world where like you know the events of the 2018 movie and kills have happened we've moved past it and it almost feels like it feels like the closest the series has gotten to Halloween 3 since that movie mm-hmm. uh, where, ha- where Halloween 3 of course has nothing to do with Michael Myers or uh, any of the, anything from the first two Halloween movies, and it's also the second best Halloween movie beside, <laughs> behind behind the first one, Halloween Three Rules. Yes, uh, and it, it it almost feels like there's like a desire here to like get back to like the original intent of the Halloween series, which was to create like an anthology Halloween story. And honestly, I think the fact that Michael Myers is in the movie hurts it a little bit. I think I would be more invested in it if it was just a Corey story. <laughs> I yeah, just want, I just want the story about Corey and uh, how he's trying to deal with this horrific thing that uh, happened to him and also, you know, ha- happened to him, happened to this family, uh, which, you know, th- this movie opens with this cold open of Corey uh, babysitting this kid and, uh, you know, the kid plays a prank on him. He's locking him inside the attic and just the kid's parent come home. He, he-, he shouts like, I'm going to kill you, kid. And then the kid like falls off the banister. Uh, yeah. And it is a wild scene. Uh, the and funniest it, thing ever, which it's, it's not <laughs> supposed to. It can't possibly have been meant to be funny. I think it kind of is. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> it's the one thing that uh, basically ruined the movie for me because it's in the first five minutes and it's la- like fall out of your chair hilarious. Uh, and it's then the like emotional linchpin for the whole rest of the movie. And you're like, well, you can't expect this to mean anything now, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Anyway, I think I think it kind of you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. There, I think it is a funny moment. I think it's also obviously a, a heart wrenching moment for the characters. Yeah, uh, and I think I think that's the thing with all three of these movies. They've been like consistently pretty funny throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I think is partially because they're co written by Danny McBride. Yeah, <laughs> and there's there's lines in this movie where it's like that's a Danny McBride line. That's <laughs> where yes. like uh, this was going around on Twitter and stuff. But like Laurie saying like you gotta eat somebody to rip out your heart and show grief your fucking tits and say come get some or whatever. <laughs> And like yeah. gives two middle fingers and it's like Lori just got like possessed by the spirit of Kenny Powers like in that one moment. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think you're right uh, a little bit uh, if if Michael Myers wasn't in this because it him being like on the run or missing or whatever at the end of Kills makes, or at the beginning of this movie also, I guess, makes none of the stuff make any sense because like, you know, as everyone's pointed out, at the beginning of Halloween 2018, he's in a maximum security prison. Laurie knows where he is and she has constructed this like survivalist wilderness compound yeah. and is living on the edge at all times. And in this movie, he's actively missing alive and she's moved on and she's fine and it's like that doesn't those two things don't make any sense at all but <laughs> so but so you have this like looming thing of like but when is michael myers gonna get like when is he gonna enter this movie i get the fuck out of the way Corey. where's michael myers <laughs> but if we knew michael myers wasn't in this or whatever if this was kind of getting towards the anthology thing i think it would have played a lot better which is interesting because i just listened to um what's the guy's name tommy lee wallace i think who directed halloween 3 he was yeah. just on mick garris's podcast uh postmortem and it was really interesting and really he have like a really candid discussion about Halloween 3 and the experience of making that and all this stuff. And he said the worst thing they ever did was put the Roman numeral 3 in the title. If it was just Halloween, Season of the Witch, people would have been like, or may have been open to the idea of Michael Myers not being in the movie. But because it was called Halloween 3, everyone is like, well, where's the fuck is Michael Myers? And that's sort of how I feel about this one. Where it's Halloween ends, it's all about, it's been marketed and everything, and we know that this is what it's the final movie and blah, blah, blah. Right. Where the fuck is Michael Myers? <laughs> Which I don't hate to be that kind of guy, but, you know, maybe in a year or whatever, or the next, I'll watch it again sometime and be like, okay, wait a second. I re- readjust my, my expectations and watch this movie on its own. Uh, I might have a little more fun with it, but I spent a long time being like, well, okay, come on, t- looking at my watch, tapping my foot, you know? <laughs> There's only so much so much sewer Michael Myers I can handle before nothing is happening, you know? Right. I mean, to, to me, uh, I mean, that, that that is like a fault of the marketing, too, where it's like kind of – if the movie wasn't called Halloween Ends and you weren't expecting, like, the final battle between yeah. Laurie and Michael or whatever. Um, but I also feel like I got a guy – I got a good fill of Michael Myers in the last movie. I got – there's a lot of Michael Myers in Kills. True. And so with Ends, it's like, okay, we can do we can do this other Corey thing. I think it's kind <laughs> of a fun thing. And I, I think I like – I mean, it's obviously positioning Corey as, like, the new Michael Myers, right? Right. Uh, and I think it's saying something kind of interesting in the way that, like, the town almost has to create their own version of the boogeyman. Like, mm-hmm. with Michael Myers gone, there has to be, like, a new guy that the town is, like, rallying against, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they sort of, like, create a new version of Michael Myers in Corey, and he sort of gets possessed by Michael Myers in the sewer or whatever happens. Uh, the, the Halloween movies have such a weird relationship with the supernatural. <laughs> Um, yeah. Where it's like, obviously, Michael Myers is human, but also maybe he's not. Like, and- uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know the other, I haven't seen the like franchise entries, but I think they like confirm that he's like a monster created by a curse or something, right? I, I think in like four, five, and six, yeah, there, there's like a coven of witches and like all this kind of yeah. stuff. Because uh, we, we saw four a while ago, and that one has, that one has like the little girl and she gets possessed by Michael Myers at the end, right? Or it's like implied. Yes. And, and then I think in the fifth one, they just don't, nothing happens with it. <laughs> if I remember right. <laughs> yeah. She's in the same clown makeup or clown costume that he, that young Michael is at the beginning of the first one. Right. And then I don't think anything happens with that. And he's his niece. She's his niece or some weird. I don't know. These movies, those movies don't make any sense. Yeah. Cause, cause that's the thing. I mean, they, they, those go into a more supernatural direction. These movies ignore those ones. Um, but the second, but Halloween kills like explicitly from what I remember confirms like fear magic or whatever. Cause he's, om- <laughs> isn't Michael Myers almost dead at the end of it. And they're talking about how like, because the townspeople don't fear him anymore. And then 
when one guy gets scared and he like gets back up in the big the bit before he kills Judy Greer, uh, and then they all get scared and he becomes super monster Michael Myers, right? Isn't That's, that sounds vaguely familiar? Yes. Uh, again, my my bit, my main memories of Halloween Kills are that I I had a good time watching him kill people. Yeah. <laughs> And that was pretty much it. I mean, that's the, that's the weird thing. In the original Halloween, like he is supposed to be like just a guy, but he also gets up when he gets shot. Like he's, right, he's gone at the end. Yeah, you know. So that's there in the first movie that they sort of have to like reckon with in these ones, where it's like he's a person, but also he may be like an immortal being. Like it's right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but but all that said, and there's so but also the kills in this one, I feel like, except for one, are really not that exciting or interesting because it's just Corey being like, show me how to stab people. And then Michael Myers just stabs a dude, and you're like, come on, Corey. You would know how to you, we all get how to stab a guy. Right? You would you should have figured this one out, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then he kills the radio DJ, which is definitely the best kill in the movie. That was pretty fun, and uh, yeah, it was yeah, as a, for, a former radio DJ myself, as yes. a former radio man, Mike Smith. I, w- I as soon as they were in the radio station, and I saw like their set, I was like, "Huh, weird that this uh, <laughs> this radio station has a turntable in the year 2021." Like it's just yeah. really strange for that to be the case because I've worked at a few radio stations, and there has never ever been a turntable in the time that I've been there. And then it's clear that they had a turntable because that was like a key part in the death. So they kind of like worked backwards from there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's going to end with a tongue bumping the needle on a turntable. How do we make this happen? Um, (laughs) Pretty cool, though. That that death is pretty cool. And what the radio station must be like the remnants of a discarded plot line, right? Like, there's so much reverence. Yeah, it kind of feels like half-baked a little bit, right? Or it feels like maybe this radio station should have been there in the other two movies just to, like, establish that it was there or, you know, whatever it was. (laughs) They keep showing the antenna, like, looming over the town and all this stuff. Right. talking about it, and it kind of is nothing, but... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a fun time, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, I liked Corey. I liked what it was doing with with Corey. And I think the final battle between Laurie and Michael Myers is pretty good. It's just like, yeah, it's it's like whatever. Like, I, I, I yeah. feel like I feel like if they didn't go in that direction and like just kind of kept Michael Myers as this like specter that wasn't part of the movie, but like kind of haunted the town. Mm-hmm. I think that would be more interesting. I think that would be cooler instead of having the big final climactic moment. Um, but if I if if they didn't have that moment, like the Universal Studios might get burned to the ground by angry fans or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do, I do love to, at some points, Laurie seems to have like learned the Myers way a couple times. Cause she like disappears yeah. and van- like, and appears in frames that you can't do if you're not Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> like when she goes to the abandoned house and is like knocking the chair against the wall and she's leaning on it. That was a really cool moment. Yeah. Uh, and then Corey like turns around to look at her and she's gone. Yes. And you're like, but it's Laurie Strode. She's a normal human. Well, um, I, I remember the 2018 movie did that a lot too, where it would like recreate shots from Halloween, um, but place Laurie in the Michael Myers scene. Like there was yes. the scene where like Laurie's waiting outside the school for Allison or whatever. And she's just yeah. like waiting for her, I guess. But like it's framed as if it's the exact same shot from the first Halloween where you see Michael Myers waiting outside the school, right? Yeah. And at the end, she comes out of the closet halfway, like in the the famous Michael Myers scene shot. Yes. And she says like, happy Halloween or whatever. And that's pretty cool. But yeah. What was I saying about ends? Oh, that she sort of like can do that a little bit and she can do Michael Myers stuff now, which is fun. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like a thing where I, and I think they've been doing this throughout all three movies, but like the, the idea that like, you know, Michael Myers existed and then Laurie sort of became her own version of Michael Myers, mm-hmm. uh, like through her trauma, through her grief and all that kind of stuff. And I think this movie kind of, you know, brings that to its conclusion. Uh, and, uh, 
Laurie ultimately kills Michael Myers at the end of this one. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love how we're just like, we're going to strap a corpse to a car and nobody knows that this is him in the town. Theoretically, nobody's seen this guy's face. Uh, I mean, everybody's kind of like, oh shit, she killed Michael Myers. Like everybody's yeah, just how do like, they know? Did somebody tweet about it? Like, <laughs> Like, it, is, it is really funny when like, so, like, it's like somebody comes by is like, we don't do things this way. And like the sheriff's like, tonight we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this okay, fucking man. guy. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hell yeah, we do. Um, so that was fun. And then they throw him in the, the car grinder and his head explodes, which is fun. I, I was really, I, I actually think it, um, it was kind of disappointing to me that Michael Myers didn't come back at the end. Yeah. Uh, or that Corey didn't come back. I feel like one of them should have like, like it, it, or it seemed like Corey died and then like he would just get up and like walk away or something. Yeah. <laughs> How does Corey die? I don't even, oh, she shoots him, right? Or something? Yes. No. Uh, or Cor- no, Corey kills himself. He stabs himself in the neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because he's trying to frame Lori for his death because like Lori and Allison are kind of like on the outs because Allison is like in love with Corey after knowing him for a day or two. And <laughs> You know? Yeah, um, it really reminded me of uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah in Twin Peaks: The Return. <laughs> He's just sort of just doing the guy, Marlon Brando. Or, yes, <laughs> um, just the weirdest thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, I forgot about that. He stabs himself, and then doesn't Michael Myers like break his neck or something? Because he's like, "You failed me." Yes, you know, yeah. My, my, that's that's when Michael shows up, and he and he kills Corey. Yeah, like, ultimately. Right. But yeah, Corey like kills himself first to frame Laurie, and then you know Michael shows up, and he kills Corey, and you know then that. that that's when like Lori pins Michael down and Allison mm-hmm. finally shows up and that's a whole thing. <laughs> and they kill him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Where do you, what do you think they're going to do for the next one? Cause they're definitely going to make more. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure there will be a new Halloween. It might be a few years. I mean, they might like let it rest for a little bit uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, if they were to make a new Halloween with Michael Myers, it would either have to be like a reboot of the franchise, like yeah. a, re- a remake, obviously, uh, or, or, or either a remake of the first one. Or I'd rather just do like a whole new take, new reboot, like not doing the premise again. Like Lori's not in it, but it's just a mm-hmm. new movie with Michael Myers. Fine. Or you could just do anthology movies. Uh, I, I, it's I, right there. I, it's right there. You've done it once before. You came close with this one. I feel like yeah. <laughs> we can get there. Yeah, I, I think an anthology movie would be great. I don't think it'll go in that direction uh, because Michael Myers is too iconic at this point. Like they want to keep the killer around and sell tickets and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I, I also really think, I mean, you, they, you said in that podcast, like if they, if they had just called it Halloween season of the witch, it would have been fine. But I think if they had just released that as Halloween 2, like oh. if that if that were the second Halloween movie that T-O-O. was made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Halloween also. Yeah. Uh, no, if if they had never made Halloween two and yes. in, and just went straight into season of the witch, like the anthology's format would be like set right away, right? Uh, you know, and you wouldn't, and then we wouldn't have all these different Michael Myers movies. But it, you know, then we could have theoretically a lot of interesting stuff. And I remember they tried to do this again uh, in recent years, the Cloverfield series, right? Um, which you know, there was Cloverfield, then there was Ten Cloverfield Lane, and that movie rocked. And we were like, all right, yeah, let's do it. We're finally getting this kind of anthology thing. And then the Cloverfield paradox basically like tanks the entire right. franchise god <laughs> like a movie that was like everybody watched because it was like oh man right after the super bowl let's do it and then nobody liked it. nobody liked it, it was and like so kill, bad. killed all interest in cloverfield as a series god which is a bummer i think they could still do it they could still do cloverfield stuff yeah yeah i don't know yeah i don't know what the uh the answer is here i, I mean i guess i hope they just do some anthology things um because i feel like what better time than now right like you just kind of wrapped up the the ev the series has ended quote unquote yes. um the cultural or critical reappraisal of halloween three has never been higher you know 
know? True. Um, yeah. A critical replays of a few Halloween movies. Uh, the Rob Zombie ones, especially, have been getting a lot of love. In comparison to this one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nuts. Um, but I haven't seen those, so or I haven't seen the second one. Right. Um, I mean, you're a big Rob Zombie guy now, Mike. That's the thing. I'm all aboard the Rob Zombie train. So. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't make me watch a Rob Zombie movie uh, when you <laughs> went for your birthday. But <laughs> I didn't even think of doing Halloween uh, one and two or Rob Zombie movies. That I should do that. That would have been funny. But yeah, so I don't know. I can see like doing a Halloween fucking whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, a new a new anthology thing or new town, uh, whatever. Some some other kind of. But I guess I guess kind of like the shape, the boogeyman, blah blah blah. All the right. other names for Michael Myers are sort of eternal and could kind of be anybody. The mask is left um, unaccounted for at the end of this. Like the final shot is the That's mask true. on the coffee table in the in the Strode house or something. I think. Yeah. So like, if you want to do that, if that could be the thing that transfers everybody's powers. It's sort of how they've been playing it for this trilogy, at least. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty open ended for there to be new iterations of Halloween. I kind of hope they don't just do like the babysitter massacre thing again. <laughs> again, like, yeah. Just don't remake that again. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope I hope it goes in new directions, which, which I think, you know, say what you will about Halloween ends, it does push it into new directions. Like, there's new stuff happening here as opposed to, uh, you know, other legacy sequel type stuff, right? Yeah, but I think it's it's just also one of the Friday the 13th movies, right? I don't remember which one, where it's yeah, just somebody there, dressing there up is, as Jason. Yeah, that, I think it's the fifth one, uh, I want to say. Like, the paramedic is Jason or whoever, yeah. right? That's that's the thing. Uh, I have not seen it. I don't know. I, Me I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, for the Friday the 13th movies, my plan is to just keep going to the Rock whenever they show them um, because <laughs> Uh, the Roxy, Charlie, friend of the show, uh, has been, uh, Charlie and Sylvie have been like doing like Camp Horror Presents, a Friday the 13th movie every time Friday the 13th comes around. Ah, uh, um, nice. And so I saw, I, I missed the first one when it played, but uh, I saw Friday the 13th Part 2 uh, more, uh, more recently. That was back in like, I guess May. Uh, and I believe in January, Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D at the Roxy. Wow. Goodbye, everybody. It's going to be a great time. The Roxy Theater, of course, the Anthony Nermy House in Missoula, Montana. <laughs> I'm going to book my flight now. Um <laughs> Better than boarding house, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> for work in terms of being worth the trip. Um, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I will see what happens. I guess with these movies, there's there, there's never not going to be Halloween. I guess you know. At this point, it feels like yeah. And I'm 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 kind of surprised that like it hasn't. Uh, I mean, I know the rights are all crazy and stuff, but I'm surprised it hasn't like like led into oh we're doing a new Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, we're doing a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it just feels like those franchises are kind of left on the table right now. Uh, yeah, and, they, and, and it has like we've gotten a new Scream, we've gotten a new Hellraiser and stuff, but. Uh, I think this is a child's play TV show or whatever. Which I've heard is incredible. Which I've heard is it's good. nuts. Yeah. Um, did you see the new Hellraiser? I haven't watched it yet. I have not watched the new Hellraiser yet. Uh, I have heard pretty mixed things. Um, yeah. Like, I, like, there are people I know who, like, really love it. And then I've also seen people being like, this is terrible. This is the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> Which also seems crazy because there's some really terrible Hellraiser movies. Um, I know there were movies that there weren't Hellraiser movies that they just were like, ah, change the title and make it yes. a Hellraiser thing. Which is exactly. crazy. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. But but so the, the the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street both had pretty, like, reviled remakes, I think, right? Like they in did. The, although the 2010s the, thing. Yeah, the, they they were both disliked, although I did like the Friday the 13th remake. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> okay, I never saw um, them. I, I never saw the Elm Street one. I know they were both uh, Platinum Dunes, which was, like, uh, yes. Michael, Michael Bay's production company, and they were just, like, remake old horror movies. That was, like, kind of their main thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, did they they do the Hills Have Eyes and like that whole era of those uh, movies? yes, yeah. There was a lot of like Wes Craven, John Carpenter remakes. There was an Assault on Priest Thirteen remake at some oh, point, yeah. right? Uh, there was the Thing remake uh, mm-hmm. in twenty eleven. You know, there's a, a lot of those that uh, kind of came out around that time. That uh, most of them were not that good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably when the Rob Zombie one came out. So I guess yeah, this was, that, yeah, that, that was part of that. Yeah. yeah, that was part of that for sure. Uh, which, and I have not seen the Rob Zombie ones, but I've heard they are very much Rob Zombie movies. Uh, <laughs> for sure. That first one definitely is. <laughs> yeah, and like very much like a different take on Michael Myers than uh, than the original Halloween or any of the sequels and stuff. Did you see, like somebody asked Rob Zombie about Halloween ends and like uh, if he like saw them or whatever, mm-hmm. if he liked this movie or whatever, and he said he hadn't seen them. Like he has not watched any of the new Halloween Amazing. <laughs> He's like been, like after his work on the on his two Halloween movies, he was just like burned down on the franchise and it's like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm done. Check it out. Good for him, you know? Yes, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Halloween ends. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a solid end to this really weird trilogy. Uh, I don't think it ever topped itself after the line from the first one where the dad's like, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> been downhill ever since (laughs) basically that was it really peaked there and then i was like well i guess the rest of these are fine (laughs) you know it's crazy this movie pays off the bon mi joke from the first one there's like a bon mi restaurant they drive past in the background or something like that yeah (laughs) and i was like what the fuck The Bond v. Cinematic Universe. That's great. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but there you go. All right. So that's our review of Martial Law 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we made it. So almost 50 minutes. So yeah, we're yeah. in good shape. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Just I, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, we haven't talked about Halloween Ends yet. And that seems like something that we should <laughs> should bring up. But yeah. Any, any other thoughts about Halloween Ends or Martial Law 1 and 2, Mike, before we start wrapping this up? You know, I guess just for all three movies. I don't know if I'll ever really watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel like maybe I'll probably watch Halloween Ends at some point, you know, just like doing a trilogy rewatch in a couple of years or something like that. Sure. I can see that happening uh, in my future because I have watched the, like Halloween 2018 like a handful of times. Yeah. I think since you, it's watched come Kill, out. you watched Kills twice, I think, didn't you? Yeah, I definitely did uh, like a couple groups of friends being like, oh, you never we never got to watch that yet. And let's so. All right, we'll watch the first one and then we'll watch the second one and right. uh, kind of thing. I do know somebody asked in the friend group, being like, hey, anybody have interest in Halloween ends? And I was just like, please, nobody say anything. Please. Don't. <laughs> uh, so I, mean, I don't know. You have the option to not watch it with them. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm the horror movie guy in air quotes to them, uh, which is very fair, but we'll see how it is. I did watch Barbarians twice this weekend. Uh, nice. Last Chef's Kiss, incredible, perfect movie. Love that. Love I just want to throw that. that in there at the end. Yes, absolutely. That rules. You know what would be cool, actually, if uh, instead of like any kind of like Michael Myers movie or anthology thing uh, for a sequel or like a new Halloween movie. They mm. just did a direct sequel to Halloween three. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I, that'd be incredible. Um, I know uh, Rob Schraub, uh has a like art store slash t-shirt store. He tweets a lot about and uh, one of with, like fake t-shirts like wizard vigilante and like shit like that. Just like yeah. poster designs he's made. And one of them is Halloween three part two. And it's go. pretty great. It's pretty cool t-shirt. There you um, go. I think I think it would be a really funny bit if they kept making Halloween sequels, but like changing which movies actually matter to that sequel. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, like with this new trilogy, it's like it's only the first movie and none of the other sequels, and it's just these like three movies. Uh, and if the, if the next one they're like, all right, this is only a sequel to Halloween five. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so fun. <laughs> Ignore one through four and six through whatever. It's, <laughs> this it's is just only- five. <laughs> That would be fun. That would be a fun time. Uh, all right. So I think we're going to start wrapping this podcast up. Uh, but yeah, happy birthday, Mike. Happy belated Thanks. birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll pick a better <laughs> pick better movies next year, I hope. <laughs> uh, hopefully. We'll see what happens. But uh, all right, Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd uh, on Twitter as long as that website still exists. Um, <laughs> Big, big, sh- big shake ups going on over there. And, there is, yes. And uh, what else do I plug? Oh, yeah. If you want to uh, donate to support the show, you could do that at our Ko-fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. 
plural because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. You can find me online at uh, M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram, and uh, Mike Smith Film on Letterbox. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Next week, I think uh, some general discussions are in order. Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a little while since we've done uh, discussions, and uh, you know we've each watched a bunch of things in October. Uh, you can expand on your thoughts on Barbarian uh, yes. next week, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about Smile. We got we got a lot of horror movies to uh, dig into next week. I think. Yeah, we're gonna catch up on the other horror movies we watched. Exactly, and maybe we'll talk about Halloween Ends again. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, uh, we are going through every one of Michelle Yeoh's movies for the complete works this week. We will our episode on holy weapon oh yeah holy weapon what a yeah. fun movie what a, what a time uh, you didn't seem to think it was super fun when we no. watched it Mike. i was figured to let the people go while i listen to the episode and find yeah, out yeah that's true <laughs> I, I had fun with it it's a, it's a wild time uh, it's it if nothing else it is a wild time. yeah yes co-signed <laughs> on wild time uh there you go so holy weapon out this week that is the end of this week's episode of mike and mike go to the movies we'll see you on the other side yeah.